Thanks for tuning in to listen to this week's Torah study class. Stay tuned after the Torah study for details on how to stay in touch with this ministry and keep up with all of our content. I hope you enjoy the study. Shalom, everybody. We are in Shemot. This is the survey of the scriptures. We are in Shemot chapter 31, Exodus 31, and we are going to dive in. And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel ben Uri ben Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Ruach of Elohim in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship to devise skillful works to work in gold, silver, brass, cutting of stones for a setting, and in the carving of wood to carve all manner of workmanship. And I, behold, have appointed with him Oholiav ben Ahishamach, Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all their wise hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded you. Yohel Moed, Aron Haidut, the Kaporet, uh, the furnish, furnishings of the Yohel Moed, the Shulchan, its vessels, the pure menorah and its vessels, the Mizbeach of incense, Mizbeach Haolah, which is the altar of incense and the, all, the burnt offering altar, and the Kior, which is the base. Plated garments, Kadosh garments for Aaron and Co the Kohen and the garments of his sons to minister in the Kohen's office, the anointing oil, the incense of sweet spices for HaKodesh, according to all that I've commanded, you shall they do. All right, so I think we might have talked about this a little bit. Is that ringing a bell for anybody? It is. Yeah. So the thing that I want to focus on and maybe even revisit a little bit is, is, is by the Ruach of Elohim, the breath of God. Okay. So <clears throat> they were given spiritual power to do manual labor. Realize that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is a precursor, if you will, or a foreshadowing of us building the Mishkan. And everybody, if you're, if you're new, then you don't know this about me. Everybody who's known me for any length of time knows that the, the commission that I feel like I got from Yah, and he spoke to me very clearly, both from his word and in a vision, is you son of man, show the house of Israel, the house of God. And the house of God is the body of Messiah today. It's a living entity that is his physical body connected by the Ruach to every body of flesh that trusts in him actively and obeys. Oh, you see that? Who are you talking to, Tracy? Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I was. All right. So, um, so he gives us the power of the Ruach. We are unified with him by the Ruach. So, um, we, we are doing similar, if we are operating in Messiah, we are doing very similarly to what they were doing physically. We are doing it spiritually. All right. I've taught you before, Betzalel ben Uri ben Hur of the tribe of Judah. All right. Betzalel, in the shadow of God, a son of light, a son in white. All right. And Oholi Av, let's get down to him. Oholi Av ben Achisamach. Oholi Av, my father's tent, a son 
of a happy brother. Mm -hmm. All right. You cannot tell me that those don't sort of allude to Messiah in some way and to the fellowship of the brethren, right? For sure. Uh, they were wise-hearted. Mm -hmm. And so there were, there were these two men and other wise-hearted people in whom I have put wisdom, all right, to build the Mishkan and everything that goes in it, all right? And so what I have tried to teach and get people's focus off of the flesh and off of what they see with their eyes, even though that is the most difficult thing in the world to do. What I have tried to teach is that we who belong to Messiah are supposed to be building his body in the Ruach, and it starts with us ourselves being transformed by his breath, by his presence, by his Ruach, his spirit. All right, that's where it starts. And only then can we contribute to the building of this Mishkan that is his. We call ourselves Mikdash Me'at, our congregation, a little sanctuary. All right. So um, my, my wife's portion is this portion, Terumah, or, or somewhere near here, where the beginning of the building of the tabernacle, the gifts for the tabernacle being built are brought. And that fits my wife. You know, her portion fits her because it's all about service and giving okay so um this is very dear to me is and and of course the oil of incense the oil for the menorah all of that is symbolic of the ruach hakodesh uh once the oil is 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 used then you don't see it you can see it when it's in the bottle but not in not in a horn you know the point that i'm getting is you don't see the spirit we can't see it. We see our brothers around us. We see uh, them smile. We see them frown. We see them express themselves with their face, but we don't see the spirit unless, of course, we have it. And then we can see it. We can see the effect of it. So I want you to keep that in mind going forward. And maybe it, maybe this study is being a, a little bit affected by the drosh that I'm preparing for this week because Abba has already shown me what we're going to do on Shabbat. But uh, the power of the Ruach was very present with them. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. They think those blasted Jews never had, they don't know the spirit of God. Well, that's such a huge misunderstanding of the scriptures. And it comes from uh, replacement theology. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, the spirit was with them and made them do these things. And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe saying, speak unto the sons of Israel saying, you will truly keep my Sabbaths. That's the difference. Some people don't keep his Sabbath. They keep their own, including some Jewish people, including some Messianic people. They don't keep his Sabbaths. They keep their own. For it is a sign. This is, this is very you know, this is not new for us. Some of you could sing it, right? Okay. It is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yahweh who set you apart. So this is a little bit like the Veshamru, right? Yeah. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is Kadosh. Remind us of what Kadosh is. Someone Holy. Holy, set apart. Set, set apart. That's not a good Holy. enough definition. Holy. 
That's not a good enough definition. Set apart unto God, unto Yah. Consecrated. Consecrated. All of that is decent but incomplete. Somebody's got to remember it. Not just set apart, but set, so apart, set apart to the Lord. Close. Set apart for a particular purpose. You can set something aside for the Lord, but if you're not using it, it doesn't have a purpose. For his will? You could say that, yes. But what I'm saying is the definition of kadosh does not just mean set apart. It means set apart for future use, for a particular use. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So if you just say set apart, I can set something apart and never touch it. And never right. touch it. All right. You can mm -hmm. build a sanctuary, a, a, a temple, and never go in it. You've set it apart, but you haven't used it. So that's not really setting it apart for what it's designed for. Are you with me? Yes. Mm -hmm. so, uh, when you start thinking of kadosh, that's what I want you to think of. It's not, and, and, and the, I hate that, the, you know, and I, don't get me wrong. I don't hate Christians. I don't hate believers, but I hate the, the fact that they say holy, 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 and don't understand exactly what they're saying. Because a lot of them don't even know what holy means, you know? Right. So, um, and what I'm trying to get us to understand is kadosh is the Hebrew word for holy, but it, the concept of it is it's got a purpose. Whatever has been made holy has a purpose. You can't be made holy as a person of God and not have his purpose in mind. So you mean like consecrated to Abba's service? Yes. That yes. deeper definition, I say it's deeper, but it's a deeper definition on so many levels that you can bring up. That's right. That is and, so good. And so everything that was that we just read about, the altar, the menorah, the altar of incense, the kaporet, the, the curtain, everything in the Mishkan had a very specific purpose, which it was meant to do that and nothing else, right? Mm -hmm. That's what made those things holy. When they were anointed, they were anointed for that specific purpose. In other words, you could not substitute the menorah with the mm -hmm. altar of incense, doesn't the altar of incense have a fire burning on it? Yeah, it would have a light. Yeah. So that's the menorah, and there would be a tiny bit of light with the altar of incense, but would it do the same job as the menorah? Nope. No, but the job of the altar of incense is just as important in the purpose of the temple itself, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. this is good. That's a, this is a good distinction. So... We have to start thinking that way when we sing kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. When we say that to God, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. We're saying, we, you know, most of the time we see doubles in Hebrew. That's a triple. So that is telling you God has an absolute purpose. Right? Right. He's not, you know, most people don't know what holy means. They think it just means he's clean. And that's true but he's also got a purpose and he means to bring it about, <laughs> right? And so start thinking that way when you hear the word kadosh, 
All right. And I want you guys, especially, and I, I wish we could get the whole congregation on here watching. I want you guys, especially though, practicing the different forms of Kadosh. First of all, it's Ruach HaKodesh and not Ruach HaKodesh. <laughs> Ruach HaKodesh. Everybody say that. Ruach HaKodesh. All right. So Kadosh is the adjective, right? Yes. Okay. Everyone that profanes it, what does profane mean? Defile. Ignores. Um, Disrespect. Disrespects. Brings to nothing. Yeah. Brings to nothing. <clears throat> um, I'm looking for. Ministry. It's verse 14, right? You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is set apart for a purpose unto you. All right. Ushmartimeta Shabbat ki kodesh hu lachem. Look at that word. Mechalelah. La, what profanity. That's right. Bring it to nothing, to profane it, to make it base and ordinary. All right. When we don't think of our Sabbath purpose and the purpose of the Sabbath, then we are profaning it. What is the purpose of the Sabbath? We just went over it back in Shemot chapter 20. Why did God give us the Sabbath? There are several things that I want. We got to come up with that. Y'all got to show me your learning. <laughs> rest in him. Yes. To rest and reconnect. Get rid of the six days of the world days and focus on that being a set apart day unto him. All to, show your, to show your submission to him. All of that. To, all of that. To commemorate the uh, creation. His, Thank uh, you. Oh, creation. Yes. Thank you. To remember the creation. Yes. You remember that he created us in six days, not six millennia, not six million year periods, but six days to commemorate the creation and re repeat it, repeat the notion because we go out and do our creating for six days. So we're going to rest. He went out and did his creating for six days and he rested. We're emulating him. All right. Mm -hmm. So that's what it means when it says, his Sabbaths. He had a very particular purpose for his Sabbaths. The weekly Sabbath, that was the purpose. Now, when you get into all the feasts, which we will do in detail in the future in the scriptures that we're coming up on, we're going to go over those. All right. So I'm not going to do that here, but for the regular Sabbath, we've already talked about that from Shemot, Exodus chapter 20. And he gave us the purpose of it. It was for rest. It was for commemoration. It was for remembering the creation. It was for giving the beast of the field a break and letting them rest. Remember that? Not just humans, but your dogs and everybody else in your household. If you have horses, they all rest. They don't work for you. All right. Yeah. And the purpose of it is, is to remember and emulate the creator, to copy him. Right? Right. That's why we do what we do. 
You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore. Oh, we already did that. Six mm -hmm. days shall work be done. But the seventh day is a Shabbat of solemn rest. Kodesh to Yahweh. All right. So let's look at verse 15. Sheshet yamim melacha uva yom I've got a fix to make right there. Ye'ase melacha. I think we talked about this once before back in Shemot 20. Does anybody remember that? Melacha. Look at it closely, Hebrew students. You might recognize the word if you take a vowel out. To reign. Angel. Melech, there's king, yeah. King or to reign. So do all of your, you will do all, six days, you will do all of your kingdom stuff. You're building your own kingdom. Remember that? Yes. But on the seventh day, Yom Hashavi'i. Let me fix that right quick because it's, I didn't notice it was jumbled together. On the seventh day is a Sabbath. So have you heard of other people call a different day the Sabbath? All the time. Yes. Exactly. That's the problem. I don't know why. I might have just messed up because it's not registering for some reason. Oh, there it comes. Come on, baby. Shoot. I messed up. I just, I think I made my computer throw up. <laughs> uh, I will do this. I'll get back to that later. I'm not going to wait around on that. Hopefully I can recover from this. Your computer has too much valuable stuff. Don't crash it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was their website that hung up. So, but that concerns me. But I am pushing this old computer to the limit, so. Sorry, guys. No problem. No problem. All right, where were we? 15, right? Verse 15? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, it's bad in here, too. I'm glad I did that. All right. You shall do your own kingdom building. You're going to build your own kingdom. You're going to build your own wealth. All right, Uvayoma Shevi'i on the day seven, the seventh day. That is the Shabbat, Shabbaton, a Sabbath of Sabbathing. The word Sabbath is rooted in the same word as seven, and the concept of, of the root word is completion. You are done. All right, so in the sixth day, you have finished your own doing, and now you're going to build, you're going to rest in him, Kodesh Layeva. 
set apart for a particular purpose unto Yah, right? Everybody understands that now, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Everybody who does his own kingdom stuff, dying, he will die. Mm. That's what that literally means. All right. He shall surely be put to death. But, but, and so that is okay to say that because we understand that God did tell someone, tell Israel to put some people to death. But on a spiritual level, I think this is very telling. All right. Dying, he will die. That's in the passive voice, isn't it? It's not in the yes. imperative like the English reads, right? So right. you're killing yourself. <laughs> that, that's, the same, that's the same one in Genesis. When it says you shall surely die, it, it says dying you shall die. It says die, die. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's a double, but it's not, in the, it's not in the imperative. It's not, you know, shall be put to death is good. But I'm just trying to get you to think about this in a slightly different way. Do you get, do you get what I'm driving <laughs> at with it? Yeah. Okay. Therefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, ushmartim, guard, veshamru. Here is the, here's the veshamru, veshamru vene Israel et hashabat la sot et hashabat le The children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath forever, for in six days Yahweh made the heavens and the earth and on the, there it is. This is why we do it. Yeah, because God made the earth in six days and he ceased from work and rested. That's the purpose of the Sabbath is to be like him. Yeah. I wish we could communicate this to our Christian brothers and they would get it. They would understand it. We don't do it because it's such a big old burden and God doesn't want us working on the Sabbath. It's so mean. He's so mean. He won't let us do anything on the Sabbath. And that's how they think. That's how they think we think. Right. That's more like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they think we think. Yeah. I've been hammering. I, I've been hammering the same subject all week long with one of my employees. He's a devout Christian. He's a very smart kid. And we've just been hammering over these things. <laughs> he sees it, but he don't see it. And I just don't see it that way. I just don't, I don't think so. Well, I'm glad your opinion doesn't matter. That's what I keep telling him. <laughs> you know, yeah. I keep showing these things that he, he just will not see it. Yeah, well, that's in our portion this week. Seeing they will not see, hearing they will not hear. All right. And that's the scary part is, and this is, again, this is tying into my drosh. And I, I haven't read this. You, you saw that I hadn't prepped for tonight very much. Right. Uh, it's tying into my drosh, though, because seeing they will not see and hearing they will not hear, it's because they're not listening to the word of God. They're listening to men. Yeah. Yep. All right. And, and it is the end times phenomenon that um, men, most men, 90% of men on the earth believe that we evolved over billions of years. You know, 90% yep. of theologians believe that. They, they think that we have to reconcile the scriptures with the scientists when the scientists are anti-God. That's so crazy, though. Like, even... Even according to their own scientific principles, the things that they subscribe to doesn't hold up. 
Now they violate their own scientific rules in order to propagate what they put out there. That's right. It's not science to say we we're, we're around for millions of years. No. Nope. What, what 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 scientific proof? What scientific? Have you That's followed the, the scientific process to prove that out? You know, and no, it, it, it's all theory. All it's, theory. It's all theory, and it's bad theory. Bad theory. It's bad theory that does, doesn't hold up under the weight of scrutiny if a person knows basic science. Basic science. You know, science is supposed to be, you can't call it a fact until it is repeated in a lab, until you have done it again. Right? Yeah, right. That's basic science. They taught me that in biology. I was a, I was a hundred average student. I had a hundred average in biology, and that was basic. <laughs> Very good. Very Something good. has to be repeatable. It has to be repeatable. That's right. And and scientists know that, but they know they can't repeat it. They can't even repeat it on a small scale. <laughs> so, so yeah. So it is. It's a violation of science itself to say that. So, but but my point is, is that men have a tendency to believe the majority. Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. right. Because every every time you go over topics like this of how believers in a traditional believing community think, I take my I have to keep taking myself back to the way I used to think, and I'm always like, why why did I never see it? But it goes to what you just said. We tend to believe what men say. We tend to believe what the group think. It's group know? think. It's the safety of numbers, you know, and that's why you can show. I have successfully showed people that they should keep the Sabbath. I remember. 15 years ago, man, we need to be doing this. And they still ain't doing it. Yeah. And the reason is because <laughs> there's safety in numbers. They don't feel safe leaving the masses of Catholic and Protestant Christianity and going off with these wingnut messianic people. Yeah. Right? They don't feel safe doing that. And for one thing, a lot of messianic people are really wingnuts. They're crazy. And they, they that have definitely does not help things. I know they have bad interpretations of things. They make ridiculous scientific statements themselves, like aliens and all kinds of <laughs> junk. All right. And so they make it, they make it, they make us look like actual wingnuts when we're yeah. not. And we're the guys standing on the foundation of Messiah himself with a firm, both feet firmly planted on him. When everybody else is riding one foot in the water and one foot on the rock, you know, but they make yeah. us look bad. So, so yeah, God created the earth in six days and he rested on the seventh day and we're supposed to do likewise. And he made an end of speaking with Moshe upon Har Sinai. When he made an end, he gave the Tuluchot Haidut. What is that? Tablets of the testimony. Testimony. Tablets of the testimony. Luchot tablets of stone, and we did do that last week because you that did, was you did. I remember you saying, "I you take that literally." Yeah. yeah, we did do that last week. Well, I think God wanted us to repeat it, just like Joe said. Oh, it was good. Yeah. It was good. And may I say, for Him to say it is a sign between me and Bnei Yisrael, and continue on, that could explain some of the hatred that Hasatan has for the Jewish people. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, yeah. All right, I'm going to go back here. Somebody just remind me to go fix that verse. <laughs> Send me an email or something so I don't forget to fix it. So we just finished 31, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. When people, when the, when the people saw that Moshe delayed to come down from the mount, people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, "Up, make us a god who shall go before us." For as for this Moshe, the man that brought us up out of the land of Mitzrayim, we know not what has become of him. Dude, that is so fast. So fast. <laughs> that is so fast. We find out Moshe was up there 40 days, so barely a month goes by, if even that, because it took some time to get all the gold together, to smelt it, to purify it, to make the statue, to worship and to get all caught up in that revelry in order for Moshe and Yehoshua to hear it, right? Mm. And, and so, what, was the, what was with Aharon, who didn't remind them what God had just brought them through and who the person of Moshe was. I mean, he was his brother. He didn't say, he'll be back. <laughs> I, and why didn't he say, hey, don't y'all remember what God did just yeah. in Egypt? Yes. Mm -hmm. Hello. Even before, when, when, Mos when Aaron met Moshe and he had a personal view of the power of God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, and I, I've said it before. Miracles do not a believer make. Yeah, I see. <laughs> they don't, just because God does a miracle for you does not mean that you are the guy, you are you are the believer, and you're, you know, you're in like Flynn. What you got, Joe? I used to read this, and uh, as, as we do all this, a lot of these uh, Tanakh scriptures of how people so quickly forgot, you know, the things that, that Yah has done for them. But now I read it and I look at it this way. Aharon was essentially the head priest, right? Mm -hmm. um, essentially. So we are all kings and priests. And he messed up, but he didn't lose his station. He mm -hmm. didn't lose his position. For whatever reason, you know, God could have taken it away from him. So in other words, I read it now is that we are all kings and priests. And we have all seen things that God has done. And yet we all still mess up. We ain't got no business putting no blame to nobody else. To, Absolutely. To Aaron, to anybody else. You know, we all that, do it. Yeah. And that, that was kind of my point is every person does it, you know. Um, and, you know, th those for those of us who, who trust in him and know him and he's done miracles for us and he has done literal <laughs> physical and, and other miracles for me and my wife and we it is beyond a shadow of a doubt yet we go through seasons where we're wondering if god is still with us anybody yeah yeah if yeah. you're being honest you've gone through it right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so yeah we're no better than them and that's that's the point is every human is subject to the possibility of this happening and and you said it joe that God allowed him to keep his station for no other reason. But guess what? There is a reason, and we're about to find out about it. But we got to read a little bit before we get there. Aaron said unto them, Break off the golden rings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them unto me. Where did they get those? From, the, from Egypt. From Egypt. They left there with the wealth of Egypt, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Look at that. 
And they broke off the golden rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron and he and received it at their hand and fashioned it with an engraving tool. That's very important to see that Aaron did it himself. Yeah. And made it a molten calf. And they said, this is your Elohim. They didn't say just this is a God. Right. They said, this is your Elohim. This is your creator, God. Why did I say that? I don't know, but further down, he definitely calls on that name. Oh, I'm in the wrong verse. I got to be. What verse is that? That's verse four, right? Correct. Okay, this is this is singular. This is your God. This is your Elohim. What makes me know that this is not just a singular God is those two letters right there. Yeah. That's the plural possessive. Yeah. All right. God Elohim is the creator. It's a plural word that is always used in the singular. Always. It, it does not mean that he's a trinity. It means he is singular and magnanimous. All right. And he's the creator. And that's uh, and the point that I'm making is they are attributing the supernatural power of God to this golden object that they made with their hands. That's the point that I am making. And then just call it little G-O-D. Mm -hmm. Is that sinking in now? Yeah. Who brought you up out of the land of Mitzrayim, Egypt. And when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast. Where there was Chag to Yahweh. And the, 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 the Yah that he's talking about is that golden calf. Yes, someone said it. He attached the name of the creator God, the formal name, the name that God told them to call him to that blasphemous object. This was so huge. And so it's the same when you attach a man-made doctrine to God's name. It's the same thing when you attach a man-made doctrine that something that is fashioned out of the mind of a man, because didn't Aaron have to think of that first before he used his hands to make it? Anybody? Yeah, of course. He had to see it in his mind or draw it. A lot of sculptors and and carpenters and most anybody that wants to build anything that's going to look halfway decent, they draw it first. They imagine it somehow. They mold it in clay first. They come up with a, a model to work it at. So this was intent that Aaron had, and it came out of his mind. So where did it come from? 
Uh, you probably shot at me, sorry. On his heart. Out of his heart. All right. There was an, he had an affinity for it. Did, he, did, did they tell him, hey, make us a calf? Did I miss it? Did they tell him that? No. No. They just said, make us a God, right? So he picked the chief God of Egypt. Aye, aye, aye. All right. So this, this is huge. And I, I want to, I want to say that statement again, when you fashion a doctrine, it's just like Aaron building a calf. If you fashion it from something other than the word of God, it's just like building a calf. That's why it is so difficult to get people to walk away from Sunday Sabbath because it came out of the mind of a man. It's an idol. Yeah, Joe. So this is the same thing that uh, what you're saying now. I've had conversations with people about Christmas and these things. And they'd say, well, yeah, but, but God knows my heart. We don't worship him that way to do this stuff. God knows my heart. I said, you know what? The heart of these people here were not to worship a false God. Their heart was to worship the one true Elohim, the one true God but they did it in a way displeasing to Yah. And so you may have it in your own heart to worship him in this way, but he tells us not to worship him in those ways. And this is to me, the most clear example that we can get of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I want to go, I want to go kind of pin this down a little bit harder. Um, we're going to go to Yochanan Marcos, Mark chapter seven. Everybody knows this. It should be reviewed for most everybody. Then they're gathered to in Pedoshim, which is Pharisees, and Sophrim, which is scribes, who come up from Jerusalem and they saw some of his Talmudim. What is a Talmud, Albert? I was on mute. It's the student of the Torah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Eating bread with their hands unwashed, and they reproached him for all the Yodim, the religious Jews and the Pharisees, unless their hands were washed carefully, would not eat because they, they strictly observed the tradition of the elders. Boom. This is not the Torah. Right. But our Jewish people today will tell you that their tradition is the Torah. And so did these Jews. They believed that because it, it came from the elders, that it was God. Didn't they have a bunch of oral laws too? Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly what this is. And they okay. still do. And, and unfortunately, too many in the Messianic community observe them. Isn't that why they were uh, persecuting the Lord anyway? Because he wouldn't keep their... He would not, that's right. He would not keep rabbinic law. Rabbinic law, yeah. Right. There is oral tradition that is useful to us, and Yeshua shows us that. And we have to learn that over time. It takes a long time to show people that. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's useful to us historically and to establish the context of the Bible, 
But when it becomes a replacement for what God said to do, then it's an idol. All right. Even the things from the market, if they were not washed, they would not eat. There were a great many other things which they have accepted to obey. They have accepted to obey. There's that group think, that mass hysteria, that uh, group hypnosis where everybody just refuses to let go of it, such as the washing of cups and pots and copper utensils and the beddings of dead men. That's all still in the, in the, in the uh, Talmud. All of that stuff that Yeshua mentions here or that, that uh, Mark mentions here, all of it is still in the Talmud today, all right? And the scribes and Pharisees ask him, why do your Talmudim not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with their hands unwashed? So question, is that a command in the Torah? Gotta wash your hands before you eat? No, no. It is not in there. And your Christian friends cannot understand that. They think that it, they won't go check the Torah itself to see if God said, don't wash your hand, don't eat without washing your hands. They won't do that. They just assume that the Torah says that. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Yeah. And that's not the case. It's not in the Torah. He said to them, the prophet Yeshayahu, Isaiah, Decide <clears throat> very well about you, you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. And they worship me in vain when they teach as doctrines the commandments of men. Powerful. Mm -hmm. mm. Doesn't get clearer than that. Mm -hmm. well, it can't be. And, 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 and the problem is so many messianic people are starry-eyed over the rabbis yep. and or starry-eyed over some other messianic teacher that teaches something other than the word of god okay you have ignored the mitzvah what is that commandment and you observe the tradition of men and then he gives all of these talmudic references and makes a blanket statement about references like that a great many other things like these. And he said, you do injustice to the mitzvah of Elohim so as to sustain your own tradition. That's what we were talking about when we talked about the Sabbath. Keep my Sabbath. You have your own. I don't want yours. I want my version of it. Right? What you got, Joe? Well, what, what, what chapter is this again? This is Mark 7. Mark 7. And then Yeshua uses some examples. For Moshe said, honor your father and your mother. Everybody knows that's in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, right? Yes. It's part of the 10 Devarim, the 10 commandments. And he who curses father or mother, let him die to death. There it is. Mot yumah. Dying, he will die. Mm -hmm. All right. But you say, who says? You. Who's he you. talking to? The Pharisees and scribes. And the religious Jews. Religious Jews. But you say a man may say to his father and mother, what is left over is carboni. That is not in the Bible. That is not in the Torah. God did not say that after I have spent my money, what I have remaining is my, my close offering, my, my carbon, my gift to God, my drawing near to God. Wow. 
And that's, this is what I want you to realize. This is the sanctification. This is like circumcising a pig. This is the sanctification of something that God did not sanctify. Are you with me? Adding to, adding to the Torah. Adding to the scriptures. And you don't let him do anything for his father or mother when the Torah actually tells you to honor and give weight to and prefer your father and mother, right? Mm -hmm. You dishonor Devar Elohim for the sake of the tradition you have established and you do a great many other things like these. What is Devar Elohim? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. So that, that has to be primary in the believer's life is the word of God has to be the arbiter over all of our walk, over everything that we do. All right. They created a feast out of season. Do you realize that? Yeah. Mm. I was wondering where that came from. Tomorrow is a hog to Yava. And God had already told him the hog. Okay. The hog was Passover and then Shavuot. They are between Passover and Shavuot right now. So they're like, hey, let's do it today. Oh, man. Right. Tomorrow shall be a feast. They, they declared it. They That's declared terrible. it. You mean we can't just make Jesus' birthday on December 25th if we want to, to honor him? Nope. That day? That's exactly right. And I know you're being facetious. <laughs> but he knows my heart. <laughs> yes, that he is does. Continually. <laughs> right? Yes, he does know your heart. And he knows how corrupt it is and how, how much you want to return to being your own God. Yeah, you know, in, in all seriousness, it, it never ceases to amaze me, just the arrogance of man. We always want to do things our way. Yep. And not his way. That's it. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And they sat down to eat and drink and rose up to make merry. Amazing. And so all of that is going on. Moshe is up in the mountain. And God says to him, go down. Your people that you brought out of the land of Egypt have dealt corruptly. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They've turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. Haderich. Haderich. Out of the way. The way. What is the way? What is that a euphemism for or a pseudonym for? Yeshua. Nope. The Torah. Torah. The Torah. It's another word for the Torah. It is another word for Yeshua, but Yeshua is not the default answer, Tracy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. They have made a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed unto it and said, this is your Elohim, O Yisrael, which brought you up out of the land of Mitzrayim, out of Egypt. And Yahweh said to Moshe, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. 
Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, that I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. So Moshe was being offered the opportunity to become his own nation, to name the nation of God after the, the, the flesh of his own loins. That's a mm. high offer. Yeah. Most men would have taken it. Kill them all. I'll be that guy. Mm. And I, God, do you think God thought for a second that Moshe was going to take that job? Of course no. not. He knew he wouldn't. He knew he wouldn't. He said it for our sakes to show us Moshe's heart. He didn't even want to take the job of going to, 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 to back to Mitzrayim. <laughs> Moshe was not a self-proclaimed prophet like most people today are. Mm. He was not self-proclaimed. He didn't, he wasn't interested in you know, putting his name on the sign of, of the door of the tabernacle, um, you know, putting out TV commercials and calling it the Church of Moshe. He wasn't interested in all that. Right? Right. He was humble. He was humble before, more than all men. More than all men, it says, yes. But That's the right. people begin to say about, listen to Moshe, like use his name intertwined with uh, reading Torah, right? Yeah. People they do. do. They do do that, but so did Yeshua. That's proper to do. Okay. All right. That's not that's not the worship of Moshe. That's giving honor to where honor is due because God used him to bring the Torah into place. And so, yeah, when you say Moshe, sometimes you are saying Torah. Okay. All right. And vice versa. But that's not, it, it, Moshe didn't ask for that. Right. God deferred that on him and Yeshua that, that there that's a perfect example of what I was talking about a while ago. Some traditions of Israel are good mm -hmm. and Yeshua honored them. And he shows us that's a perfect interpretation to call the Torah Moshe is not a bad thing. And we, where do we see that in the scriptures? Uh, the, in now that, maybe Yeshua did it. Yeshua referenced. Other than Yeshua, uh, other than Yeshua to show oh, you that it's in the, legit. In the book of Acts. In, in the, the book, book of Acts, in mm -hmm. Acts chapter 15, verse 20 or 21, Yaakov, yes. brother of Yeshua, said it, for Moshe is declared in the synagogue oh, every yes. Shabbat. Mm -hmm. All right. Moshe doesn't show up in every synagogue, right? And, and declare the Torah for everybody, right? No. <laughs> the Torah is declared in the synagogue every Shabbat. So that's yes. legit to do. And so that is a, that is a Jewish custom that does not supersede the Torah, does not abrogate the Torah, it upholds it, right? Yes, sir. So it is mm -hmm. a Jewish custom that is not bad. And that's the other side of the Messianic community. They say that every Jewish custom is bad and they won't do them, right? Mm -hmm. Just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, that's swinging, swinging the pendulum too far the other way, putting too much weight on one side of the scale, right? Yep. There's this got is, to be balanced. Can y'all see my hands? I know I do this sometimes. Yes. <laughs> All right. This is this is the messianic community that follows the rabbis, and this is the messianic community that has cast them off, cast off all Jewish tradition. This is where we are, or where we are striving to be. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Now, therefore, let me alone. This is God talking. That my wrath may wax hot against them, and I consume them, and make you a great nation. And He Moshe besought Yahweh. I want to look at that. Vayichal Moshe et Pnei Yavah. Vayichal. 
at the face of Yahweh. Moshe diligently searched for the Aleph and Tav, the face of Yah. Mm -hmm. All right. Obviously, this is on a sod level. You're kind of seeing Yeshua there, mm -hmm. uh, who is the face, literally the face of Yah nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. yes. For man to see. All right. Moshe sought the face, the presence of God, and said, why does your wrath wax hot against your people that you have brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should Mitzrayim speak saying, for evil did he bring them forth to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent of this evil against your people. Some translations, I want to point this out. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is one of the verses. And we're in verse 12. Somebody look it up in like a King James. What's that, 3212? Yeah. I've got it in the New King James. What is it? Why should the, the Egyptians speak and say he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent from this harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, <clears throat> to whom you swore by your own self. All right, that, that, no, that, that's good enough. Okay. Um, <clears throat> has it in the King James or another translation that's different? In, in the King James Version, but not the new one, but it says, Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. That's the word that I was looking for repent. It's not repent. All right. Shul is turn. And that is the word that ends up becoming. Repentance, right? The right. word in question here is relent. Hinachem. Mm -hmm. Nach is the root word, which means to rest. Relent. Mm -hmm. When you relent, you let your anger go, right? Right. So that's the better word. That's why it's rendered relent here and not repent, which is what a lot of traditional, the King, New King James got it better. I would say, Joe. Um, but my, uh, NIV, my NIV says, "Change your mind." Yeah, that's is like a repent, I guess. Yeah, it it it, it kind of is. Yeah, so this is relent. This is like this is like God taking a breath and saying, hey, "This is this is Moshe asking God to, hey, breathe a second. Don't let your wrath out." You know. <laughs> count to 10 <laughs> okay because that's what's really about to happen and that that i wanted to bring that out because it sets it, it makes the tone more correct in my opinion to look at that a little more closely yeah. okay. what an incredible relationship moshe had yeah with, with him you know to be to have the courage to even suggest that <laughs> hold, on, <laughs> hold on 
Yeah. It, well, it, it shows that Moshe knows the heart of God. He yes. And trusted that. Yeah, he trusted yeah. that. Here's, and, and this, let's spiral a little bit. Moshe knows God's purpose. Mm. Remember what kadosh means? Mm -hmm. Yes. Set apart for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Moshe knew why God called Israel out of Egypt. Moshe knew God was going to enact the gospel. And he knew that, that destroying Egypt was symbolic of his love for Israel. He knew his plan. It didn't surprise God that Moshe intervened and intercessed for him. Again, God did that for our sake so we could see Moshe's heart. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? What you got, Elizabeth? Mm -hmm. No, I just want to um, confirm that this is like giving Moses is giving God advice. He had this uh, communication, this, this uh, I would say like it almost the same level and that in that relationship that they, that he is able to be with that majesty to tell him, look, don't do that. And, well, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it's something beautiful because uh, beautiful. That, that, that this, um, because it's the divinity and the human kind. And it's like, a, in that moment, it's like, a, it's in the same level. Yeah, I, well, I, I see what you're saying. I, what I, want to focus on is the fact that you know because god is all knowing is he not yeah that is. god sees the end from the beginning mm -hmm. he had a purpose he knew he knew what moshe was going to say you know many many of the psalms say before i a thought was formed in my mind you knew it mm. right is that not true of moshe is moshe so supreme that god doesn't know his thoughts knows everything no. he yeah. knows his thoughts that's right. So uh, what I believe is happening here is God is is showing his because he was genuinely angry. I don't think I don't think God made that up. I think he was mm -hmm. genuinely angry, but at the same time, God is not going to fly off the cuff and just destroy people haphazardly right. like a human being would. <laughs> right. Right. But he wanted to provoke this from Moshe. He knew Moshe would do this. Because it needed to be written into the Torah to show the yeah to show their heart and to also show Moshe's heart and to show what our heart is supposed to be like and to show that mm -hmm. you can't understand the purpose of God and put it over your own pride. Yes, Moshe could have had pride and said, "Yeah, make me a nation," and I believe most ninety nine percent of the people would have. Mm -hmm. There's very few that are going to say, "I prefer your will to be done over." making me fancy and special right Joseph. joe what you got i'm sorry well i'm thinking in terms of what elizabeth was talking about and i don't think so much that that moshe was being an equal but i think it's one of the those things that we can come boldly before mm -hmm. and bring our supplications to him because he understood god's heart mm -hmm. that's right because of God's great compassion, Moshe didn't fear him so much that he wouldn't intercede. 
And I think that's the key that we need to take from this is to intercede on behalf of the body. Yeah. You know, we get yes. and messianic people get mad at the body more than anybody. You know, sometimes because they're like, I can't believe they can't. We do it. You know, I can't believe they can't yeah. see it. You know. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yochanan yeah, and Yaakov, James and John, the brothers, they they were like, let, let us call fire down from heaven on them, God, or Yeshua, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then Yochanan ends up being the most loving person on the face of the earth and lasts for 90, you know, until he's 90 years old. Wow. We have to change. We have to change. Moshe used to be a hothead, did he not? He was. Yeah, he went to the wilderness. Before he went into the wilderness, what did he do? He killed that man. He killed an Egyptian. That's right. He was a hothead. <clears throat> he reacted the way he that a human would think God is reacting here. You can show your anger and express that you're angry without doing foolishness when you're angry. Right? It takes a lot yes. of willpower for a lot, especially for men to get there, because testosterone does something to a guy and he, he loses his mind. He can he loses his control, but it can be done. I've got to learn that lesson. <laughs> Me too. And you know, it, it showed the wisdom, most days wisdom too. You know. All right. Yeah, my my wife has her hand raised. Y'all can't see it. <laughs> That's right. What she said is it's just like with your own children. You know, I, and, and I'm going to go a little bit further than what she said. You know, you can be mad at them, and, and, but you're going to intervene for them, right? You're going to be the intercessor for your own child, right? 100%. Yep. Um, but what I'm going to add to that is as a dad, when I did get angry at my children, there were a few times that, that my children did. They were great children, but there were a few times that they made me very angry, but I would not unleash my wrath on them. Mm-hmm. because I didn't want to destroy them. I didn't want to hurt them, you know? Right. And so that's what God is doing here. He's expressing his anger somehow enough for Moshe to see it and feel it and he, because he called it wrath and wrath is different than just angry, right? Mm-hmm. Wrath is I'm fixing to punish you, <laughs> right? Yeah. And that, that's a very masculine thing to want to do when someone, you know, rubs your rhubarb, all right? And, and, and we get that from God, but what we should also get from God is restraint and compassion, right? Yeah. And I believe that Moshe understood that that was there and asked him for it, and that God knew that Moshe would ask him for it so he could put this in the Torah so we could sit here 2,000 years, 4,000 years later and deliberate about it and learn from it, <laughs> Among other things, right? You know, yeah. I think that's what a lot of people forget. Why was this in the Torah? Why why was this written down? Why was this happening? And a lot of people forget that it had to be so that we can all learn. That's a key, key, key point you just made. Yeah. And I, I get it not from my own wisdom and understanding. I get it from the word itself. Paul said that. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 10 or 5. It's either 5 or 10. They, they went through the wilderness, you know, they drank from the spiritual rock. They did all these things. They, they disobeyed. And all of these things are written down for our sakes yep. so that we don't do the same thing so that we can learn from them. That's exactly right. That's why the Torah is there so that we can learn from them. And shame on the, on the believing community for not studying it, you know, and going yeah. deeper and finding out. 
what God says about these things and why they went through these things. All right. Let's see. Remember, remember Avraham, Yitzhak, and Israel, your servants, to whom you did swear by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven and all this that I've spoken will I give unto your seed that they shall inherit it forever. And there it is. Yahweh relented of the evil which he said he would do unto his people. All right. There's a lot in that that we're going to chat about. Any questions before we do? Okay. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants to whom you did swear and said, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of, I will give it unto your seed that they shall inherit it forever. Remember what I said that Moshe knew the purpose of God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that not a big old billboard for the purpose of God? Yeah. And he's quoting it back to him. He's quoting, so he he's quoting his purpose back to him. Early. He, his is, word, his word back to him. Yeah, and it's his gospel. Not only that, it's the gospel. Do you realize that? Mm -hmm. That is the good news of Messiah right there. I see. Yeah. All right. How do I know that? How can I say that? Other than just as your seed. Your because seed. of your seed. Your singular. one seed. Singular. Singular seed. I will multiply <clears throat> your seed as the stars of heaven. And yes, that's talking on a on one level. It is talking about, about Abraham, but on another level, who is it talking about? Yeshua. Yeshua. This time, the universal this answer fits. Yeshua. <laughs> Should have jumped in there, Tracy. I did. <laughs> it is Yeshua. This is the gospel in the Torah and Moshe is is declaring that gospel back to god and saying this is your purpose this is why you call the people of israel this is why we're out here in the desert don't let this purpose go away and god was never going to let his purpose go away right right god was never going to alter his plan he wanted to make sure that moshe understood the plan understand the aside you understand so right here moshe understands the holiness of god mm -hmm. right yeah god remains holy do you think that god could become unholy at any point if he wanted to absolutely not. no why not because it's his nature it's, it's who he is it's yeah that would be contrary to everything who he is and yeah. Every aspect. What about Isaiah 43? What about Isaiah 43? What is what does it say? I create calamity and I do evil. Well, he does send forth evil. He does like he sent that that spirit to come against uh Saul and Nebuchadnezzar, you know, uh He's the creator of it doesn't make it make him it. All right. I think I'm, he permits it. It says he creates it. Okay. 
it's either 41 or 43. I'd have to think a minute. It does say that he creates it. He he says that he's the one that causes all these calamities and all these destructions, and he mm -hmm. he brings alive and he kills and he however that's worded in. Look at it right here, Tracy. Do you still have Rachel? Do you still have King James up? Yeah, I still have it. What does fourteen say? You want to go to Exodus fourteen? No, Exodus thirty-two fourteen. 32, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that, Tracy. <laughs> and the Lord repented there of the go. evil which he thought to do unto his people. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because you are right. God is utterly kadosh. Mm -hmm. Right? <clears throat> but it is his purpose, his set-apartness that preserves him from doing things that are outside of the realm of his justice. Did that come out right? Yes. Yeah. All right, because he could, is my point. Mm, he could do anything. Okay. I wondered if that's what you were getting at, not not whether or not he would, but could he? Exactly. Yeah, it's nothing he can't do. Exactly. And so, you know, he 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 knows what evil is. He he allowed it, Tracy said, and that is true. But at times, he even does it. And look at this verse. He re Look at it in the King James. He repented of the evil. It sounds like God is having to be sorry to himself for what he was about to do. It's not what it says. You know that now, right? By, by the, right. Because right. this is the same word that we were looking at in the other <coughs> verse where it said that, right? Yeah. Vayinechem. All right. But isn't that like when he... um. When he was talking to Abraham and he said that the um, iniquity of the Canaanites has not reached its full measure, so there would be a day when his wrath would fall because of the iniquity. Yes. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's similar to that, but yeah. But it, it, there's, a, there's a flip side of that coin as well because he had to use the Canaanites as, a, as an example of evil. And he had to destroy them. Here... Yeah. I believe he's hoping or knew that he needed to put this into the Torah to show us that mankind needs to understand that plan. And that's the whole point that I'm driving at, because you're going to have things, you know, some of you don't know me, but many of you do. And you know what we've gone through over the past few years. And you know that, that I've had to exercise this, that God's purpose is bigger than the jump that went on around me. Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. I have to keep that in mind. And, and, and if you're pursuing God, you're going to have to keep that in mind. You're going to have to trust mm -hmm. in his compassion for you, for you and for the people around you. You have to trust in it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to make a mess of it. If you, if you don't trust in his compassion, you're going to make a mess of it. All right. So that's hopefully that came out like I wanted it to come out. He relented of the evil. That does does it say actually evil? Has anybody tried to look at that word to see if that's actually what it says? Uh, it's not the word raw. Raw means bad. Evil. Ah, rah, ah. Doesn't, it, doesn't it mean like evil or calamity or something? It means evil. It means evil. This, if you read this on the surface, 
Looks like God was being evil. Hurrah. Yes, hurrah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you could say this as God rested from the negative thing that he was about to do. Now, in this, this particular one, it has for hurrah disaster. Yeah. It says the disaster. Well, to the well what are you reading out of? Well, well it's just the ESV or Hebrew, Tanakh, with Hebrew and English or interlinear. Uh, that, that's not good. I wouldn't. Uh, Ra is evil. Right. I know Ra is evil. I, I just cross it out and put Bible words there. Oh, you used to Tracy Bible? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be like you. Get a perfect, perfect Bible. I'm trying to get a Tracy one. <laughs> we have a good version. <laughs> Those are real, well, real, real this is this is kind of into the I don't know. It's just I don't know. I got you. Well, Sorry. yes. I I just there's so much in this in in these the passages that we've been looking at, and it's like God is. It it sounds. It's like he's so deep. He's not just like this cardboard cutout does the same thing. He, he, he has ideas. He has things like you said, this, that concept of purpose that you brought that you started in the very beginning of the lesson. It's, um, it just makes Abba so much more of a personality when you think of these things. Yeah, and, and the, the, I, I'm, what I'm hoping to convey is how deep mm -hmm. his mercy goes and how yes. solid and permanent in his mind his plan is. Right. Yes. And, yes, that's... So, and, and the overarching thing that I'm trying to point out about this little conversation with Moshe is that God wanted to show that purpose in Moshe, if not to make Moshe realize it, and maybe Moshe already did, and I, maybe, and I do believe he already did, but to show to us that we have to align ourselves with his mercy and, and come before him, even if it looks like, this is very similar to me of the Akedah of Yitzchak. Why? Um, this... Um... Well, Abraham had been told that his child, that this child was the one that was going to inherit his blessings. And then God said, you need to destroy it. You need to kill him. Bingo. And, you know. Bingo. And with, with Moshe, or I mean, with Abraham, instead of interceding, his faith went so deep. He said they returned. He said, even if I slay him, God will raise him from the dead. And we don't get that from the Torah. We get that from Paul, who got it out of the Torah, where Paul said he knew and trusted in the resurrection. And that's the point that I'm making. When, when God promised to Abraham that Isaac would be the seed, because remember he had another son that, that preceded Isaac? Ishmael. Yeah. And when, when God said that Isaac would be the seed, then when if God said it, it is going to happen. Right. Yes. And so if we perceive and think that God is has changed his mind about his gospel, oh my gosh, we're way off track. Yes. 
all right? And, and there are people that go there. There are people that understand that Yeshua is the son of God and salvation comes through him alone. And then after five years being messianic, they decide, oh, I'm not satisfied with just listening to Yeshua. I'm going to go listen to today's rabbis. Okay. And one, three, five years later, they don't even believe in Yeshua anymore. So I'm wanting to hammer home that you understand it's the word of God that is the gospel of God that has been from the beginning that God is going to carry out. Uh, who remembers? Let's just do it. Just to remind you of how long God had the gospel of Yeshua in mind. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know where you're going. Yep. Yep. In the beginning, created God. Fourth day. Fourth day, the Aleph and Tav shows up. Yeshua. Yeshua yep. said, Ani Aleph, but Ani Tav. I am the Aleph and I am the Tav. And that's the fourth word representing the fourth millennium. Hashemayim ve'et, the sixth word with a nail in front of it, ve'et. He's coming back. Right there in those seven words is the gospel. Yeah. Yes. Right there in those seven words. Love it. I love it. All right. So it's been his plan from the beginning. Bereshit. God created the heavens and the earth and you have yeshua coming on the fourth day and on the sixth day and we're right there at the sixth day right and this time he's got nail scars in his hands already right yes. Yes. love it all right so the purpose of god has been unwavering since creation since before creation right Mm -hmm. So, and, and here, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. We've already said it, that that is talking about Yeshua. Let's look at it in the Hebrew. This is in the tail end of verse 13. We're going to look at it in the Hebrew just to look at the clues. Zahola Abraham, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your servants which you swore, swore, look at that. Ishbata. Yeah. What do you see right in the big middle of it? Shabbat. 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 An oath. All right. To them, which you have said to them, Arbe et Zarachem, I will make you as the stars of the heavens. All right. And the whole earth, the Ha'aretz Hazot Asher Amarti Eten, I will give you all of the land to your seed. They will inherit it. 
All right, but seed is one. Era. One seed. Right. One seed. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go over to Galatians. Galatians. Just as Avraham trusted Elohim and it was accounted to him for tzedakah, you must know therefore that those who trust in absolute trust are the children of Avraham. Because Elohim knew in advance. Hello. Mm -hmm. He knew in advance that the nations would be declared righteous through absolute trust. He first declared to Avraham, as it is said in the Kadosh scriptures, set apart for a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. In you shall the nations be blessed. So then it is those who trust who are blessed through Avraham, <clears throat> the trusting one. All right. Yeah. And down here, the tzaddik shall live by trust alone. Thus, the Torah is not made by a munah, but whoever shall do the things written in it shall live in it. Mashiach has redeemed us from the curse of the Torah by the becoming cursed for our sakes, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the nations through Yeshua. And there's another place where it actually says, uh, not too many seeds, but as to one. And I'm having to think of where that is. I think it might be in mm. Rome. Okay, I'll look it up. Not too many seeds, but as to one seed, where, where Paul is talking to the Jews and saying that he promised the gospel to one seed, not all the seeds of Abraham. So there's, again, I'm compelled, and we did this just a few months ago, it seems like not too long ago in this study, where I gave you the concept of the olive tree on the above the ground and the olive tree below the ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Yes. Mm -hmm. And John the Baptist said it's going to be cut off. And Paul said that tree is the branches have been cut off. So he carved it down to a stump. That meant it was just Yeshua who was alive. All the Jewish people, because of the gospel, were cut off. But the beautiful thing is, he started grafting Jewish people back in, right? And that tree was wholly Jewish, totally Jewish for about mm -hmm. 20 to 30 years. Then he started grafting in some wild branches, right? And mm -hmm. that tree has been slowly growing. Do you know olive trees grow very, very slowly? It's Romans 9. It is Romans 9. That's what I was thinking. So let's go there. 9, 6. This in Romans 316. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to start in. I have prayed that I myself might be a curse because of Mashiach for the sake of my brethren. He's talking about the Jewish people. You get that from the first verse and the previous chapter. My kinsmen in the according to the flesh, who are Israelites. So for the two house people, this is one I refer them to, and they can't find a way around it. Paul is calling himself and every Jew that was alive in his day Israelites. Yeah. 
Israelites are not the 10 northern tribes. Israelites are God's people. Mm -hmm. Are you with me? Yes. yes. To whom belongs the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the Torah and the rituals therein. But, so there are some rituals that we need to look at, right? Yeah. And the promises and the fathers from among whom Messiah appeared in the flesh, who is Elohim overall, to him are due praises and thanksgiving forever and ever. It is not as though word, the word of God had actually failed. For all those who belong to Israel are not Israelites, neither because they are of the seed of Abraham are they all his children. For it was said, in Isaac shall your descendants be called. That is, it is not the children of flesh who are the children of Elohim, but the children of the promise who are reckoned as descendants. For his devar, this is the devar, the word of trust. I will come at this season and Sarah shall have a son. But Rivka also, even though she had intimacy with only our father, Isaac, before her children were born, or had done good or evil, the choice of Elohim was made known in advance that it might stand, not by the means of works, through him who made the choice, but it, for it was said, the elder shall be servant of the younger. All right. 316 is what you were looking for. I, I'm glad we read this anyway, but I, I, I was about to say there is another place that we need to look at. So let's mm -hmm. go to three. Not Romans, Galatians, sorry. Galatians, Galatians 3, okay. Mm -hmm. 16. I just didn't go far enough, did I? Right. Nope. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his seed as a covenant. He did not say to your seeds as a many, but to your seed as one. And that is Messiah. So that affirms what we were talking about, that Moshe is reflecting back to God the promise of the seed, and it is messianic in tone. Mm -hmm. Everybody with me on that? Yes. He's talking about Messiah back in Exodus. Yes. And back in Genesis. I lost where I was. Uh, 13, I think. 13. Well, you're in chapter 31 right now. Oh, 32. You got to go to 13. Oh, okay. All right. I'm in 32. 32. 13. Remember Abraham and Isaac and, and Israel, your servants, to whom you did swear, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed. That's Yeshua. And they shall inherit it forever. So it's the offspring of Yeshua. Now, let me let me ask you this. Is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Moshe, and David, are they the offspring of Yeshua? Yes. Offspring of Yeshua. Of Yeshua, well, Messiah. Crickets, crickets, crickets. Everybody's afraid to say no. Well, I would not think in the so. Natural um, I would think so. They saw my day. Um, Abraham trusted in it. Absolutely. You know, the Malach Yahweh that they spoke to, that was Yeshua manifesting as a man before yeah. he became a human being. Mm -hmm. They trusted in Yah who appeared to them in many forms and in many ways, right? Hebrews 1 1. In many forms and in many ways, God has appeared to the prophets 
of old, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. It's the same God, it's the same manifestation, it's the same nature that appeared to Abraham. So yes, anybody in the Old Testament who trusted in the coming Messiah is then an offspring of Messiah because even though they preceded him in death, they did not precede him in resurrection. Right. Yeah. Or oh, yeah. And they believed yeah. in the promise. Yeah. Gotcha. They, gotcha. they trusted in the promise. They still trust in the promise and they will be raised from the dead and thus be his seed. Right. Right? Yeah. Because he's so, the firstborn of the first good. fruit. He's the firstborn, the first fruits from among the dead. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the people that we read about and love are going to be raised from the dead right before we are. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Isn't that something? Yes. And, and so they are his seed, even though Yeshua is in the middle. You know, here's Abraham, here's us, and Yeshua is right smack in the middle. He's the king of it. And he's going to raise all of us from the dead and take us up with him, right? Mm -hmm. You realize that, that, that you can see that in the alphabet, the Aleph bit? Have I ever done that for y'all? Mm, no, I don't recall. Want me to show you? Yeah, I do. Of course. You know, we always, we, we, we're greedy. We want it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Forgive me if it doesn't work, but I'm going to try it. get my palette open first all right let's do this oh wait let's do this Sorry, I'm bouncing around. Didn't plan for this. Uh, we have time. Everybody see it? Yes. Yes. All right, looks like I'm gonna have to make it a tiny bit smaller. Give me a second. Okay. Ah. Yeah, board. 
No. Patiently waiting for this profound lesson. We like Heinz ketchup. Anticipation. Now, do you see it? Yes. Oh, yes, sir. Yes. Look at the king in the middle. Yes. Lamed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Abraham over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and whoever the last guy is, probably me. <laughs> I am just joking. <laughs> we know you're <laughs> but that's that's kind of the image that I had in my mind when you know Yeshua's already the king. All right. And you, by the way, this is also a picture of the throne room because he has the 12 sons of Israel on one side and the 12 apostles on the other. Wow. Yes. Oh, that sweet. is so cool. All right. So um So point being is this gospel, this right here is the gospel. So, you know, we talked about, I forget who we were talking with, but, you know, somebody brought it up that uh, somebody was preaching gospel only out of the Old Testament. And they thought that I would be shocked about that. I'm like, you can. That's how it's supposed to be done. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Paul only had the Old Testament towed around in his pocket. Right. Paul said, yeah, go check out this letter. I just wrote to them Romans over yonder. Yeah. Um, so the gospel is in is in it. And that was the that was the thing that Moshe echoed back to God. All right. And so when I am praying for people who are lost and when I'm praying for people who are sort of um, what's the right word? indignant or irreverent or uh, lackadaisical about the gospel, even though they know it, I'm putting the gospel back in God's lap. Not because, not because I'm special, but because it is his plan. What did he say? It is the will of God that none should perish. Daniel, I say the same thing. Exactly. I always speak that it is your will that none shall perish. That's right. Amen. I do. God. And he is in the business of saving households. And that's why we, you know, we at Mikdash Mayat, our little sanctuary, we are praying for our households. Are you guys doing that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are doing that. We are doing that daily. We're praying for mm -hmm. our households. All of these stragglers that we have that aren't in the wagon need to get in the wagon. Yes. You know, and, yeah. and that's what we're praying for. Uh, you know, most people are out trying to save the world. I want to save our families. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Then we can worry about the world, right? <clears throat> let's let's make sure that we ourselves are saved and let's make sure then we let get our family in here. You know, we got ourselves saved and we need to, you know, we need we know we need, we're working out our own issues yeah. and stubbornness and junk like that. We've got to get that worked out too, but you know, and, and, and in the process of doing that, I believe that's going to bring the families in. Mm -hmm. They're seeing it. I promise you, they are already Amen. seeing it, guys. They're seeing your transformation. They're seeing uh -huh. your growth. They see that light and they want it, but they're just people. <laughs> yeah. They're just like Aaron, you know? They're afraid of it even though. Yeah, they are. It's like I said, they're they're afraid to jump it. You know, there's comfort in masses. That's why everybody got the vaccine. That's why 
That's why everybody put on a mask. It's comfortable. It was weird. I walked around without a mask. And I tell you, the people gave me some evil look, you know, but this old cat right here is just hard headed enough. It didn't bother me. You know, I ain't fixing to put on no mask for you guys. When I know this is an invented garbage, jacked up cold, that's all it was, you know, but it was comfortable for most people to do it. And that's the same way with remaining in a bad gospel remaining in a lukewarm congregation, remaining in uh, a, a man-made box of doctrine. It's comfortable there. And so what we have to do is, is pray first that God remembers <laughs> his gospel in regard to the people that we love and are ministering to and praying for. And he does. That's the part. That's the hard part. That's what Moshe was showing. Your purpose is at, at risk here, you know, Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I pray regarding your families and mine. Amen. 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 That's God good. Is at risk here. I want to. I want the world to glorify God because our families come in. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. All right. That's good. Moshe turned and went down from the mount with the two luchot ha'edut, the tablets of the confession. In his hand, Luchot, look at this. Luchot, they were written on both sides. On the one side and on the other were they written. So all the representations that we see. I know, right? <laughs> it's not all. All the commandments on one side, right? Of course, you couldn't draw a picture of it. If, right. You know, but it was written on both sides. Is that the way it's it, what we worship at? Is is I, I think that one has both sides, does it? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, it's one. Is it one through five on one and six through ten on the other? Or is it all ten on both sides? We'll have to look this Shabbat. Yeah, I have to check it out. I'll have to go look. They were the work of Elohim, and the writing was the writing of Elohim engraved upon the luchot. There it is again. God wrote this. Not Moshe, God. Mm -hmm. Moshe wasn't sitting up there like Fred Flintstone. Isn't there even something to the the Hebrew word for engraved that uh, speaks to that as well? I think I've heard you talk about in the past. Um, let me look. I think I know what word it is. I think it's just another form of the word right. Let me look. Okay. Verse sixteen, and there's. It'll be a little grammar lesson. I hope not to cause some people to fall asleep. I thought it had something to do about the, I don't, I don't remember the exact word. Is it the letter? The, it's the letter? than just writing. The top. Right. Uh, it's verse 16. So let, let's just go word for word here. Haluchot, the tablets. Ma'asei Elohim were the doing of God, the, the work of God. They were, Hema. Vihamichtav, and the writing, the writing was the writing of Elohim. Oh, okay. All right, but I think I know what you're talking about. So let's look, let's look for engraved. All right, so the word there is michtav. I know that. Um, 
Is that the only side, place where engraved shows up? I think it is. So yeah, hikhtiv is to carve, to engrave. And that's the point that I was making. So um, it's a deeper form of the same verb. You Hebrew students, we talked about it briefly. I'm going to teach it to you. I haven't done it yet because it's hard to get. And that's the binyanin. Do you remember talking about that? Yeah. Yes. The binyanin. Each verb Building. from one binyan. There are seven binyanin. One of those binyanin is the hifil binyan, which means reflexive, which means it's a deeper form of the same word. So yes, it's, a, it's sort of an intensity of writing. And that's what engraving is. And that might be what you're thinking about, Albert. Okay. Yeah. So, so it must be the other other translations that just have a more basic form of that, that, that don't really show the depth of they the just deeper. say writing. Right. Okay. Yeah, the other translations just say writing. Yes. And when Yehoshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, um, we only got about seven or eight minutes left. I might want to stop right here because this is big. So that was 17 where we were about to start? We got gathered. Okay. Somebody about to say something? I was yawning, sorry, but I'm not because I was bored. <laughs> um, did, did it say, does it say that he engraved it with his finger? The... It does where we left off last week in 31. Mm -hmm. It does. Let's look. So let's look back. I see what you're saying. Let's look back at it. The finger of Elohim. So does that coincide with when um, he wrote uh, when Yeshua in the New Testament wrote on the ground? Oh, wow. Because of the Pharisees trying to trap him and embarrass him with that lady caught in adultery yeah that's interesting it is he wrote on the ground with that yeah <clears throat> well i believe he wrote their names in the earth and i have a reason for that most of y'all know that um but it is certainly very interesting that yeshua wrote on the ground twice mm -hmm. and then they left eldest to youngest so i believe he wrote their names in the dirt and there's a reason for that maybe we could talk about that but so, yes, it does say that he wrote um, writings or carvings, you could say. <coughs> I think that might be in the Pa'al form of that verb. Uh, nonetheless, it says, with the finger of God. It's mm -hmm. Ba Elohim. So it's the same root word, katav, which one form of it from that he feel binyan is ichtiv, which does mean to carve, to dig a little deeper, to scratch into. All right. Nonetheless, that, that is what he did. Have, does that have any connection to the word ketubah? Because when I was looking at that, I just... It is. Wow. Yeah, ketubah means the writing. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. Good one, shall we? And he says he will write his law on our hearts. Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah, and that, that's the thing is God himself is writing it in our hearts. 
And also with the uh, what Tracy brought up with the um, him writing in the sand, Yeshua. That's also in Jeremiah when he when it talks about that that the, the rebellious ones in the dust. dust, right? Yeah, those who and those who reject the fountain of Maim Chaim, their names will be written in the dust. And the day before Yeshua wrote their names in the dust, that he had just stood up and said, I am the fountain of Maim Chaim. I am the fountain of living water. He who comes to me will never thirst. Wow. <laughs> and we're said to be written on the palms of his hands. Yep. Graven in his hands, our names. <laughs> Love it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Well, anything else? Any other questions, comments? No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, let's pray before we close. I mean, in the name of your son, Yahweh Yeshua Mashiach, we do give thanks for your word. We ask you to bless this time together. We have felt so blessed by your presence, mm -hmm. by your word. We ask that people who watch it afterwards are as blessed by it as we are, that they sense your Ruach speaking to them. And we thank you for it. And we ask you to be with us for the remainder of the week and that you visit us when we assemble to worship you in your son's name. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to listen to this week's Torah study class. In the description, you'll find all the links to our website and social media content. Please make sure you're subscribed to our podcast as we can be found on all major podcast platforms. If you feel compelled to support this ministry, please feel free to do so by donating via the Get the Word Out link in the description. All proceeds go toward growing this platform and the Mikdash Mayat ministry. Until the next time, we pray God blesses you with shalom in the name of Yahweh Yeshua Mashiach.